All right, welcome back to another episode of Old School Thoughts. And thank you for all that you do to make this podcast possible. I am Frank Goodman. And Martha. Hey, Martha, how are you? I'm good, Frank. How are you? I'm doing fine. You know, Martha, when I, when I started this thing and, and I was getting ready to say Old School Thoughts, I was actually thinking about the shirt that I was wearing and I almost said, I wake up. With old school thoughts. <laughs> you know, All so, right. Well, so, that sounds good too. We yeah, can so use I wear that as shirt. Yeah, I, hey, look, I wear this shirt, and, and every time I wear it, somebody walks by and say, Man, I like that well, shirt. Well, I love it. <laughs> so your shirt says, I wake up with old school thoughts. I wake up with old school thoughts. My shirt would have to say, I go to sleep with old school thoughts. <laughs> well, you know, it leaves the door open for people to think about whatever their old school thoughts are. <laughs> you that's, know? Right. So, that's right. You that's know, right. So that's that's what I get out of it. You know, somebody's yeah. mind can really just run wild on them and say, oh, this is what I'm thinking about. You know? Right, maybe right, this. right. So it, it runs the gamut. Yes, it does. Mm-hmm. It does. But old school thoughts takes me back to where we need to be. Yeah. Which is talking about family mm-hmm. and what we think about family. Mm-hmm. And you know, Frank, from the last time we talked, I guess I had a little thinking time and I said, we haven't really gone back to explain what family means. Right. What do you think? Well, you know, family has always meant a grouping of relatives. Mm-hmm. With me, it has always meant this grouping of relatives, people who are very close, mm-hmm. those of us who share something, whether it's ideals, right. whether it's we share the same parents, whether we share just so many things that represented family. Right. And right. It, it meant that it was kind of an inclusive group, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So that's that's the way I saw family. And, well, I saw it similarly, but I think I expanded on it a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Because I thought of a family as a group of more than one parent mm-hmm. with children that live together mm-hmm. and are related by birth mm-hmm. or related by marriage mm-hmm. and sometimes even by adoption. Right. So I kind of, in my head, made it all-inclusive to accept the different kinds of family groups that I came across growing up or became aware of growing up. And you're right, they all share a common ancestor. Mm -hmm. And that's important that we say that because I think when we talk about how to do ancestry research, we should understand what the family group is. Because it'll keep us from making mistakes and including outsiders in the group who are not related to us at all. Yeah. You know, the word family comes from the word familia, Mm -hmm. the Latin word, Mm -hmm. and it means household. Mm -hmm. So that literally is everyone who is within that household. But sometimes when you look at ancestry, and you look at documents on, for census records, for instance, somebody might be in that household, but they're not family. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's important to differentiate between the people in the household 
to know which ones are family, have a connection by blood or marriage or adoption, versus someone who just happens to be in there. Now, sometimes you see them as a border, somebody just living in the house, and sometimes you don't really know for sure, mm-hmm. you know. And then I, I was thinking, too, it reminds me, family means kinship to me. Mm-hmm. And that, that was something that I came across today as I thought about preparing for, you know, just in my head preparing for what we're going to discuss. Mm-hmm. And kinship itself tells you that there's a blood relationship going on yeah. between people. And well, I like you know, that. But, you know, what I what I really like, and, and I agree with you on everything that you stated, mm-hmm. but I tell you, you know, I, I go through these ups and downs and <laughs> around the circle, up the mountain, back down, yep, and everything yep. else, you know, when I deal with family, because whenever I discover a new person, you know, I am just elated. Yeah. And, and I can't hardly wait to talk to that person. I want to, you know, share information, want to get. And in most cases, in most cases, even if that person agreed to talk, mm-hmm. it seemed as though because we have no way of keeping each other together, we kind of right. go right back to where we were. Yes. And that becomes frustrating for me because I'm trying to figure out how do I keep you? How do I, how do how do I keep you? Because I've told you all before, everything that I do has to do with recapturing those who got lost after slavery. Right. right. So when I capture you and when I get you back into the family, I'm trying not to let you go. But I yes. have and then I have to think about, well, what could I have done to keep the family together? Well, you can't jump jump up and say Zoom, you know, because everybody right. say, I don't want to do no Zoom. Right. I don't know that right. person. And then right. I start thinking about, well, a family gathering. I just said this mm-hmm. to a cousin the other day. Maybe I should have been doing family gatherings, not family reunions, just family right. gatherings. Right. So, so I'm trying to figure out now how to go back and get the group to come back into the fold how do we, you know, stay as close now that we know each other? How do we continue to, to make sure our children know each other, the next generation know each other? You know, that's a, that's something that I, I go through as well. You know, you go and you find someone and you connect to that person, but then you find a year later you've lost them. Right. And you reach out to reconnect, but it's difficult because I think we've talked about it. The whole concept for African-Americans of family has been utterly destroyed Mm -hmm. during captivity. Right. And we have, I don't even know if we have a clear understanding of the extent of family. Sometimes we know it only in terms of who lived in the house with us. Mm -hmm. But family is larger than that. Right. Because family takes on all your parents, siblings, all of those are all your, your brothers and sisters, siblings, that gets the family into a larger world than what we're used to. But I think captivity has worked against us having a clear understanding and clinging to what we call family because we were broken apart so many times. You know, that and, made sense when I heard you say that earlier. 
We were separated. Mm. Think about it. As soon as you thought you had your family, somebody came along and died, and then you were split up. Mm. Or somebody came along and sold one of your family members, and you were split up. You know, we talked about my great-grandmother Patsy and her losing that one son. Mm. And the, the amazing thing about Patsy to me has always been she had 17 other children and never let another one get lost. Mm -hmm. That's a feat mm -hmm. in slavery. Mm -hmm. That's a feat to keep your family together. Right. And, and it's a blessing if you come across anyone who says, my great-grandparents or my grandparents kept us together. So now out of those 17 descendants, do you still know the descendants of those 17? No. Mm -hmm. And here's, here's where it goes awry, because what happens is I was working on it today. Of the 17 that I do know of, many of them died young. Okay. And, of course, they died at a time when they didn't have death certificates. And right. The ones that died young were, girl, were mostly girls. Okay. There are two boys that we cannot keep track of because they left the state or they went someplace else and we were not able to find them. Mm -hmm. So out of the 17, half of that group, a little bit over half of that group, I can account for. Okay. And that, that is the grouping that I can account for that I'm writing about their family tree and what, who are the members of their families are. Right. But it's a hard task because, like you, I want to know the lost ones. Right. And every time I search, I'm always searching with them in mind. Mm -hmm. Because you and I talked about it. I stumbled across a work contract where someone was being taken from South Carolina or a group of people from South Carolina. They were going to go to Tennessee and work for someone in Tennessee. This is part of the Freedmen Bureau. That's why I'm beginning to hate the Freedmen Bureau. Mm -hmm. Because they had these contracts, and they uprooted people from one state and took them to another state. What happens to that family when somebody is uprooted or part of that family is uprooted because they signed a work contract? Did they ever make it back to South Carolina? I get there's an instance that I can relay from the research that my great grandmother's sister, Jenny, Jenny was born in South Carolina. We found her in 1880, but my cousin could not find her in 1870 mm -hmm. in South Carolina. And he, he was puzzling where could she have gone? Mm -hmm. And for some reason, I said, let me just do a random broad search to find her. Mm -hmm. You know where she was? She was in Mississippi. Mm -hmm. In 1870, she was in Mississippi. And by 1880, she'd found her way back to South Carolina to where the rest of the family was. Right. We don't know how many times that happened. And I think it happened more often than we think. Well, we know it happened more often than not because we understand the system of slavery. We understand that because we have the documents to show uh, 
how baffling it really was. Mm-hmm. Now, I was driving back from Atlanta yesterday. Right. And I know Gloria probably gets tired of me repeating the same thing. <laughs> but it always, it always amazes me as I read each county sign. Mm-hmm. You know, when I get below Atlanta and I start reading Meriwether County, uh, right. I start reading Noonan, Georgia. Uh, right. Then I get to Troop County, I right. to LaGrange, and then mm-hmm. Harris County, from Harris County. And then I, I consider the distance mm-hmm. driving, just the, mm-hmm. just the distance driving. And I'm averaging seven to eight miles per hour. Right. So I'm going seven to eight miles per hour, and I see Meriwether County and realize how much longer it's going to take for me to get to Columbus. And that's Columbus, Georgia, not Columbus, Ohio. And I know that I have relatives. Based on my DNA results, I have relatives in Meriwether County. I have relatives in Noonan, Georgia, in Mm -hmm. Hogansville, in in Grantville, in in LaGrange, in Troop County, in Harris Mm -hmm. County, and I'm looking at this migration. I'm watching this migration that started from South Carolina and now is working its way down to Columbus. And and immediately I'm saying, man, how did they do it? how, How did they do it? You know, the you know, amount of time it took to, for right. them to travel from Meriwether County to Harris County by yeah. itself. And then right. now they're in Columbus. Right. But, but even if you look at, they left one state, South Carolina, and they walked. 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 Yep. To Mississippi. Yeah. Or, you know, I'm sure they had other modes of transportation that they may have got on a boat or something. I don't know. But basically, they were on foot. Yeah. You know, And sometimes, like you, I'm amazed because I take, say, for instance, somebody leaving Marion County, South Carolina, mm-hmm. and they're going to troop. And I calculate, if you were walking, how many hours... <laughs> Or days would it take? Right. And sometimes you're, it's amazing to go from Mississippi to South Carolina on foot. Right. I've got people that can't go to the grocery store on foot. You're right. You're right. They can't. They they have never been out of the county or the borough that they live in. Right. And, and you've got ancestors that walked. And you find them in the yes. late 1800s. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, they're in Ohio. They're in New York. They're mm-hmm. in Indiana. They're, you know, they're not just yes. two states over from me. You mm-hmm. know, they're several states over. And mm-hmm. now they're living in Ohio. They're living in Indiana. They're living in in Chicago, it's like, yeah. <laughs> my God, how did they do it? You know, and, and all of a sudden, you, you realize that some of them were porters on the railroad. 
So their association with some railroad company allowed them to travel. I've interviewed people before from the Casey family that's linked to L&H railroads. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So their family was able to transfer themselves and transport themselves to a different city because they had family members who worked for L&H railroad company. So I look for that a lot now to see who worked for a railroad company because railroad became a, a way for a lot of these uh, families to move. But it just That's it just true. amazes me how these families moved around and how they began to raise their children in different locations and different places. But I would like to say this before I turn it back over to you. And I'm going to use the name of my cousins here, uh, Brenda, Joyce, mm-hmm. and Valerie. Mm-hmm. And... Brenda Joyce and Valerie made me much smarter. Right. They grew up in Ohio. Okay. And when I was when I reconnected with them, Brenda Joyce said it first. She said, Frank, we grew up lonely. And wow. she said, because we didn't have family. When all of our friends were saying they were going over to their cousin's house, they were going over there. She said, we didn't have that. I never considered the fact that they were lonely, that those children grew up lonely. I never imagined that. And I just spoke with Valerie about a week ago, and Valerie is still affected by that to where she's saying, I'm thinking about moving to Columbus or to Atlanta. Right. Because we grew up sad. We grew up lonely. You know, you can be in a large family. Something occurred to me the other night, you know, as you sit and you think about why you're you're growing up, and I'll make this quick. Mm -hmm. I realized that we didn't have a whole lot of people that came to the house to visit Mm -hmm. because we were a large family. Right. And when people did come, they were family. Mm -hmm. So there weren't a lot of outsiders that came. But I realized what it did is it made us somewhat uh, shy of outside people. Mm-hmm. And some ways, sometimes antisocial. Mm. You know, and I had to learn to become social mm. as an adult. Mm. To be comfortable, comfortable around people who were not family. Mm. I was a shy kid and I had to learn how to speak up. But all of that came to me as an adult. And I thought, how did it affect the rest of my family? And I reflected on all of us. And we all, to some degree, had some bit of shyness mm-hmm. and an uncomfortableness in crowds. Hmm. That's true. But that's true of black people and African Americans in general. Mm-hmm. Because we were forced in some ways to only associate with ourselves. Yeah. You know, it's an amazing thing how things that you don't think affect your life can affect your life. So, so Martha, how do you see all of those things that we've talked about and, and see it today? How do you assess the African-American community 
you know, regardless of that community, nothing mm-hmm. is absolute. So you and I right. always have right, that right. conversation, right? Nothing right. is absolute. But how do you assess that now? What do you see that's missing that we could have taken advantage of based on old school thoughts? Well, you know, I think what's missing is as we became more affluent, Mm-hmm. We lost touch with those connections and those coming together, like coming together for family dinners, coming together for holidays, mm-hmm. coming together. We've missed all those things because we now are more advanced. Mm-hmm. So I think old we could really go back to old school because that's how we kept bonds of friendship and bonds of family together because we could we know who we were and we could connect and we knew we looked forward to connecting with one another mm-hmm. i think we're uncomfortable today with connecting with family and that's the tragedy hmm. what do you think i think that we struggle because i was just having a conversation with my neighbor Yesterday, and I was saying, hmm, poor people don't even want to speak to each other. And so that bothers me more than anything else. I can understand people going through changes, but then I say, poor people don't want to speak to each other. Right. And poor people, during segregation, supported each other. They relied on one another. They relied on each other. But now, they're dodging each other. They don't want to speak to each other. They don't want to put themselves in, in a position to where they would have to speak to their neighbor. Mm-hmm. So, when you're looking at family that has moved away, then are you? We have Facebook now, and mm-hmm. we have Twitter. We have all of these different social platforms where pictures can be shared now. Yeah. But outside of the pictures and what you see on Facebook, there is no family connection because I can call out certain families that are on Facebook. Mm-hmm. But outside of Facebook, if I say like, I'm just like any other person, like. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Hey, cousin. But well, outside I- of Facebook, there is no communication between that family wanted to know me or with me being able to break through that gate. Yeah, but you know, Facebook doesn't lend itself for you having bonding. Right. It's superficial, this like. It's superficial, the friendships. And we put up pictures because we want to advertise. Right. We're not putting up pictures because we really, truly just want other family members to see what we're about. Most of the pictures are very Mm self-serving. Somebody's putting out that they got a new award or they got a new dress. Right. You know, somebody's got a new girlfriend. Right. These are things that if you were in old school, you brought that girlfriend home to the family when they had a family reunion. Right. Everybody got to know who your future person was going to be. Right. 
So in a way, there's a disconnect to the bonding that we had, and I think that's why we don't understand family, that we think family can be other people who are not blood-related, Okay. that so. we create artificial families. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Martha, close us out. Yeah. Well, I want to thank every thank everybody. Not thank you. I want to thank you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I want to thank you for listening. I want to thank you for all the support. I want to thank you, Frank, because you always are the motivator. Mm-hmm. And on that note, we're going to say thank you so much for being with us. We love you. We love you. And we're going to ask you to always be, be good. good. Be good.